What's up, my people? It is Monday night, which, as you probably know by now, means NBR is coming to you. Nothing but rants. The show where I bring you topics that I'm rather hot about. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. That's the way I normally lead in with these shows. Uh, appreciate you for being here on a Monday night. We are just a tad bit earlier than normal. Um, sorry, Jim closes at 11, and your boy typically closes these out with Q&A added on at about 10.15 which kind of squeezes my workout time down. And, and, and we're on this 75-day challenge, and we're prioritizing physical and mental health, especially the mental health portion of these things. Um, so, yeah, priorities, which means show gets pushed up 30 minutes. I'm super excited about tonight's show. Obviously, the Supreme Court dropping absolute bombs on the NCAA today. They went after him hard. I'm going to give you an update on Jamal Adai, the defensive backs coach for Georgia. Obviously, in his first year, with the Bulldogs, excited to bring you an update on that one. Um, and I'll, we'll talk a little bit about how some of these players, uh, some of these prospects in this 2022 class in particular, are really bursting onto the scene right now thanks to these camps um, held at most of these schools, right? Actually being able to get onto campus and be evaluated by coaches in person. We'll close the show with that tonight. Um, super excited to be here with you guys. We are actually live tonight for the first time in a long time on Twitter, Facebook, um, and yeah, both Facebook pages, mine, Dogs Daily, um, and of course my Twitter page. So glad to have you guys here. Typically, we do these strictly on YouTube only. That is to incentivize you over to the YouTube channel. Um, that helps us out. That grows the platform over there. Um, so yeah, feel free to jump over. If you found us on Facebook, just search YouTube. Go, go to YouTube and search Brooks Austin. Uh, promise you I'll show up at some point in there uh, for my channel. So just hit that and subscribe over there. As Jake Calloway is telling you right now in the YouTube comments, please be sure to like and rate this video. Um, give it a thumbs up. We'll talk a little bit about that here uh, in the business portion. Before we get into tonight's show, let's handle some business. Um, for now on, I, I, we've been asked dozens and dozens of times, hey, Brooks, can you make this a podcast? I really love your show, but I don't have an opportunity to watch it all. Maybe I don't catch it live. Maybe I don't have an opportunity to leave YouTube up running for an hour that you're sitting there gas bagging. Could you make it a podcast platform? We have. We have now made it a podcast. So wherever you find your podcast, whether that be Apple, Stitcher, uh, you know, Google, Chrome, Spotify, whatever it is, um, just search the Film Guy Network. OK, I am the film guy. That is my podcast network. And it's not just me. OK, last night we actually debuted a new segment that we like to call Tailgate Tapes, where we basically review, review movies with a couple of guys that are in our Patreon community. That will be a revolving door of guests and co-hosts that are with me. So that'll be super excited to watch um, grow as we go through it. Um, super excited about that one. Again, Tailgate Tapes, that is up now on the Film Guy Network on wherever you get your podcast. So feel free to subscribe, rate and review over there. Uh, and give us some feedback on that. We did Any Given Sunday last night and was really you know pleased with the results that came from that. Um, so feel free to hop over there whenever you get a chance and subscribe. Obviously, MBR will be over there as well. That is this show that you guys love so much that we holler at over here on YouTube. Um, so feel free to do that. And while I'm asking for your support, you guys know I ask this all the time. Join our Patreon, man. Uh, it's very, very important. Uh, not important, but it's a good time right now to be caught up. I think we had five or six nugs today. Um, whether you wanted to know how the IMG Academy weekend went, all that good stuff. Um, feel free to hop in over there. And now, because Robert is so giving, Robert, I'm going to have to limit you on these. This is like four weeks in a row you've given a free donation. I appreciate it. I know the audience does. Our family is growing portion, or in larger part because of people like you. Um, but no more subs from you tonight. That, that's the only one. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna use your starting point as a tipping point to get other people involved. Um, guys, every super sub that comes into our YouTube channel, like Roberts right here from Damn Good Dogcast, um, or excuse me, Damn Good Dogs podcast, um, goes directly into our giveaway over on Patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. Um, that's how we choose to grow the community. We don't give any you know half off this month. We give you a straight up free one. Um, and when I say we, I mean the community. It comes straight from guys like Robert, um, and I'm sure there will be more tonight. If you're watching this right now and you want this free sub, you better hit me up because I would imagine as per usual on these Monday night shows, we have about five or six of these come through throughout the night. And within about four or five minutes after the show, they are claimed and accounted for. So feel free if you're one of those guys or gals that wants to hop in there, maybe money's a little tight, you can feel free to do that. All right, enough of the begging and asking you for, you know, as soon as I say that, Colby hops in. So now we're up to two and a half. Appreciate you, Colby. Don't mean to cut you off there. But let's get into the show. We're five minutes in. And we haven't given any type of hot takes or anything like that. Appreciate you guys for the love and support of this network. It really is truly life-changing for me. Um, and if anybody knows my story and what's going on with me right now, you would know um, what I'm talking about. I'm extremely thankful for our Patreon family. Now we're up to a full three subs. Um, thanks to Chandler right here. So that's three free subs automatically. Um, hit me up on Twitter, in my email, email inbox, on YouTube comments, whatever. We will get you that free sub. All right, let's get into this, right? I told you the NCAA absolutely got ripped today by um, by the Supreme Court. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh absolutely went ham today in his speech. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. You guys know that there's nothing I love more than torching the NCAA myself except for watching the NCAA get torched by an actual person who has, whose opinion genuinely matters, um, and that being the Supreme Court justice, right? I'm super excited to uh, hear this happen on the Supreme Court floor today. Um, and let me read you some of these comments. I meant to pull this up as I was getting ready today for the show, but as always, I'm a little running behind um, what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, let me read you these. This is a little segment I like to call, Let's Listen to Brooks Read. Let's see how good of a reader I am. All right, here we go. These are direct quotes from Brett Kavanaugh today on the Supreme Court floor. It says, the bottom line is that the NCAA and its member colleges are suppressing the pay of student athletes who have collectively generated billions of dollars in revenue for colleges every year. Those enormous sums of money flow to seemingly everyone except the student athletes. College presidents, athletic directors, coaches, conference commissioners, and NCAA executives take in six and seven figure salaries. Colleges build lavish new facilities, but the student athletes who generate these revenues many of whom are African-Americans and are from lower income backgrounds, end up with nothing or little, or excuse me, with little or nothing. Everyone agrees that the NCAA can require student athletes to be enrolled in, enrolled students in good standing, but the NCAA's business model of using unpaid student athletes to generate billions of dollars in revenue for the colleges raises serious questions under the antitrust laws. In particular, it is highly questionable whether the NCAA and its member colleges can justify not paying student athletes a fair share of the revenues on the circular theory that the defining characteristics of college sports is that colleges do not pay student athletes. And if that asserted justification is unveiling, it is not clear how the NCAA can legally defend its remaining compensation rules. He continued, and this is my favorite because the closing line on this was absolute fire. To be sure, the NCAA and its member colleges maintain important traditions that have become part of the fabric of America. Game days in Tuscaloosa, South Bend, the packed stadiums and stores in Durham, the women's and men's lacrosse championships on Memorial Day weekend, 
track and field events in Eugene, the spring softball and baseball world season, Oklahoma Cena, yada, 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 the list goes on. But those traditions alone cannot justify the NCAA's decision to build a massive money raising or enterprise on the backs of student athletes who are not fairly compensated. Now where uh, nowhere, excuse me, else in America can business get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. Whew, man, those 10, day, those 10 pages a day in our, in our 75 day challenges has gotten my reading ability up just a little bit. Still not that great. All right, so long, long-winded Supreme Court, in typical Supreme Court fashion, obviously. Um, long-winded answer right there from Brett Kavanaugh as to why the NCAA is one big, bad, evil machine, right? That's how we surmise it. But there are a few comments in here that I want to comment on. Quote, and my favorite one here, or one of my favorites, it says, quote, college presidents, ADs, coaches, conference commissioners, and NFL ex or NCAA executives take in six and seven figure salaries. Now, as you guys know on this program, I'm not one for pocket watching. I don't like looking at another man's pocket and saying, wow, he's making too much money. Let's take some of it. But as much as I'm not a fan of pocket watching, I sure am glad someone finally said it about these NCAA decision makers and the guys that run this sport and gals that run this sport. Everybody getting rich except for the players. We will talk about that a little bit more later. My next favorite quote, right? Quote, it's questionable whether the NCAA can justify not paying student athletes a fair share of the revenues. That's a very, very important statement here. We're going to talk about it here in just a little bit. We knew name, image, and likeness was coming down the pike. We knew the NCAA was going to allow these young men and women to make money off their own or on their own. But we ain't heard nothing about revenue splits. And I think that's the main point of this takeaway tonight that we're going to be talking about. And, of course, the final you know, punch to the gonads of the NCAA was, you're not above the law, okay? Everyone else that operates as billion-dollar entities, they have to pay their label. You do not. That's that's not going to be the case moving forward. We are going to change that because antitrust laws. That's what they kept hiding behind. I didn't say hiding behind the Supreme Court. That's what they kept justifying these comments about, right? Antitrust laws, it is not legal for you to operate at such a high rate of business without paying your employees. So a couple of more things here. Um, I've seen a lot of today on Twitter and on social media, and maybe you're one of these people right now watching this show or listening to this show on one of our podcast platforms that says, quote, you know, college sports as we know it are dead. And yeah, that may be true, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. First off, on what planet do we live on where it's okay for commissioners, athletic directors, and upper management in a, in a, in a business or a sport in this sense to be making millions, but suddenly when a young person the one that's actually making these things possible starts to make a little bit of money. Somehow it's the end of the world. Okay. So if you're one of those people that knee jerk reacts, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's not the way this business works anymore. The, these multi-billion dollar entities like the NCAA, look, the money's got to go somewhere. And if it's going to anybody, I'd rather it be the men and women that are breaking their backs for the programs that are making the money. You follow me? If it means taking, you know, 50, 60 grand out of the pocket of a decision maker that's already got a robust contract, I'm not going to lose any sleep at night. That's for daggum sure. And I hope you wouldn't either. Okay, so this theory and this idea that young people shouldn't be making money because they're already getting paid in tuition, I'm here to tell you, that ain't really fair compensation for what's going on here. 
All right. So if that's you, I apologize. I don't mean to tick you off and have you leave the stream. But let's be honest. If you're one of these people that's still out here in 2021 saying, oh, how dare players get paid? That's that's obnoxious. Well, first of all, I got books. OK, Vince Lombardi's biography. I got books that I've read and you should probably read too, called When Pride Still Mattered, where athletic directors from Creighton in 1920 were talking about paying athletes. So athletes been getting paid for a long time. At least now the NCAA is going to be, it seems like, had their hand held to the fire in terms of actually being making it above wage and being above board with things like this. So the idea that this is going to ruin college football, no. College football has been in the pits of you know, corruption forever. I mean, basically since it was created. So perhaps if anything, maybe this streamlines things and makes them a little bit more concise and above board, like we're saying, taxation a little bit for this money that's getting tossed around. Because again, Creighton, an FBI document. So I told you about 1920, their athletic director talking about it. Well, if you go and look at the FBI investigation into college basketball back in 2018 and 2019, Creighton was giving out 100 Gs for shooting guards. Creighton. 100 G's. So college sports been riddled with all this stuff. So if you're one of these people, sorry, this just ain't your show. And this just probably, I'm probably not your guy. Okay. So I don't mean to ask you to leave, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's not the stance to be holding on to in 2021. All right. Because think about it. College sports are literally the only avenue in this world, in this great country of America, where the American dream still lives, right? You can still make it, you, you know, aspire to be what you want to. College sports is about the only thing where the best of the best at 17 and 18 years old are forced to do it, you know, stuck in poverty. They're pigeonholed to poverty in, in, in terms of not poverty. They're not living terrible. Don't get me wrong. They're living really, really well. Most of these power five programs. OK, that's a fact. They, they eat well. They sleep well. They're living in houses that are nice. They get stipend checks. So they ain't hurt by any by any stretch of the means. But in re in relation to the decision makers that aren't putting their bodies on the line and aren't the actual labor force behind these things, yes, they are pigeonholed to poverty and 100 percent for it. So, um, you know, it, it's unlike this in any other avenue in life. If you want to be the best painter in the world at 16 years old, you could be a millionaire. If you want to be the best of the best in terms of a music, uh, you know, creating music, right, being a musical artist, uh, being the best guitar player in the world. Guess what? You can be a millionaire by the time you're 16, 17 years old. So what, what, why, why do the best in the world of football have to be pigeonholed to three or four years in college and not making any money and not getting profit shares? Like my boy Steve is commenting on right now. So why, why not bring it above, uh, above board? That's my only thing. I think, again, my primary takeaway from the comments today, look, we knew NIL was coming. We, we knew that was coming down the pipe. Okay, we knew that there were stipend checks already and perhaps that they were going to increase the rates and, and the dollar amounts on each of those individual stipend checks. That's all good and fine and dandy. I expected those types of things to come down the pike. What I didn't expect is for a Supreme Court justice to stand on the Supreme Court and tell the NCAA that, hey, we're coming for that revenue split too, baby. We think they deserve some of this revenue split. And you know, I mean, if you didn't notice, the NCAA was rather chill about this idea of name, image, and likeness. Of course, JT Daniels, go make money off the field. Go, go, go take advertisers' money. That's fine. But the moment the Supreme Court justice comes out here and starts talking about, hey, maybe we should give them a portion of that revenue split too. You saw Buhos pucker up real tight with the NCAA today. You saw Mark Emmert, who never, ever comes out and speaks publicly unless drug out of the closet to do so came out and said, I don't know about all this. Well, why? 
because guess who it's going to impact? It's going to impact those guys and those gals that are up higher up that have just been sitting on a pile of cash. And look, I understand that these NCAA events take a lot of money to put together. I, I totally get that. Um, but the NCAA is going to fight this one to the death. I mean, to the absolute death to their core until they cannot fight no more. Because again, you're reaching into their pockets now. Used to, all they cared about was keeping the, the broke kids broke. That's all they cared about. Now, they've kind of lightened it up with name, image, and likeness, but that don't impact their pocket. That'll impact the bottom line of their dollar value at the end of the day. But this stuff, revenue splits, oh, yeah, it impacts it big time. Now, now you're probably thinking, like, Brooks is all on board with this stuff, man. He's, like, way over there. He's, like, yeah, let them all get paid. And I am. I'm Mr. Player Empowerment. I'm Mr. Player Movement. We all understand that. We know that. If you've been here, if you've listened to any of my content, you understand that I'm a player's first guy. But I'm going to tell you, this ain't quite plausible under the current system that is the NCAA. This idea of revenue splits is asinine under the, uh, under the current state of the NCAA. At 99.9% .9 of Power 5 schools, there's really only one net profitable in terms of cash revenues, net profitable program on campus, and it's the football team. Yeah, there, there's exceptions to this rule. There's the UNC's, the Dukes, the Kansas's, um, the Blue Blood black basketball programs that bring in revenue. They break even on their cash, um, you know, cash net revenue at the end of the year for basketball. That's true. But the rest of them are absolute money pits. They're cash negative throughout the rest of the year. Georgia baseball, I'm going to tell you right now, cash negative. Georgia basketball, I'm going to tell you right now, cash negative. Every other sport that ain't football in the University of Georgia, cash negative, okay, for the overwhelming majority of the part. Now, again, I'm, I, I assume, I'd imagine that Arkansas's baseball program is cash positive at the end of the year. Mississippi State's baseball program is cash positive most likely at the end of the year. They got a 20, 25,000 seat stadium that they sell out almost every single home game for baseball. So, okay, I understand. SSL, if you're here, please keep track of all these super subs, man. We got a whole bunch to get out tonight. We're going to break a record for free giveaways. I appreciate all you guys. Let me finish this rant right quick and then we'll talk about you. Um, no, uh, all these other programs, they're cash negative. So, what does that mean? If you're going to give portions of revenue splits, to the players that earn them, you're just going to be paying football players. And guess what? Every dollar that you take out of the football net revenues, you're spending. I mean, you're spending money that would go to the women's lacrosse team. You're spending money that would go to Georgia's women's basketball team that got to go to Europe last year before COVID. OK, you're taking that money. If you're taking any of those net revenues, if you're giving any of those portion of revenue splits, to athletes that are playing on teams and playing for programs that are cash positive, you're going to drastically impact the quality of the rest of the sports. That is the facts. That is 100% the facts. And you know what? I, I guess I'm okay with that because it, it, it's fair. I mean, it's it, fairness is not something we ever bring into Title IX, but it's fair. Okay, it would be fair. The, the football team brings in $80 million at the University of Georgia, round number. OK, 20 of that gets spent, 25 of that, 30 of that gets spent back on football, probably a little bit more. OK, but the rest of that goes to the women's tennis team, the men's tennis team, you know, adding an addition onto the baseball program, all these things. That's how these things are funded. And then, of course, you get into donor dollars and all that good stuff. And that's important. But if you're impacting the bottom line of the cash cow that is football, we got to change something. Most importantly, Title IX. We can't be out here acting like everything's fair no more. 
Okay, if that's the world of professional co collegiate sports that we're getting into, Title IX is going to cease to exist. Okay, and I don't think Kavanaugh thought about those things when he was talking today on the Supreme Court, and that's fine. I don't, I don't expect him to know these things. Actually, you probably should if you're going to go speak about him and speak as harshly as he did. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I, I don't see this working out under the current state that is the NCAA. If you want to remove college football, the main money source, away from this, you know, company that is the NCAA, that's fine. You might be able to do such a thing, but again, you're you're going to drastically impact all of the rest of the sports by just taking that money and moving it elsewhere, and in, even if it is being moved to the pockets of players. Okay, so that's my rant on that one, and that was long, and I think that was very educational, um, at least on my end. Listening to the things that we heard today on the Supreme Court, it's like, yeah, the NCAA loses. Yeah, everybody get after the NCAA. And I'm always number one bandwagon guy to hop on the NCAA and crap down the throat of Mark Emery. I'm number one. That's, that's my thing. It's kind of my. It's kind of a brand I've built here. Um, but honestly, it's not really plausible. Not plausible under the current state that it is. Okay, so name, image, and likeness, guys. I think it's going to bring in a whole lot more money than you actually, you or I ever imagined. Um, and that's another thing that came out today. They, there's going to be limits on this. The NCAA is going to place a clearinghouse on it, at least a, a, you know, initially, whenever they get a hold of it. Um, but the Supreme Court voted nine to nothing today, basically, to put no limit on that. It's going to be a free-for-all, an absolute free-for-all, which basically turns it into um, how much money can you market me for? And again, back in the day, even before name, image, and likeness thing, every once in a while, you would have a recruit that came down to who can pay me the most. Who can pay me the most behind closed doors? That's how programs like Creighton get good at basketball, right? Why else would a, a shooting guard go to Creighton? Well, because they're giving me 100 Gs and Louisville wants to give me 80 and make me ride the pine. So it's happened forever. And now, hopefully, ideally, at least happens in broad daylight instead of in the back alleys. And if that's the case, it's probably better for college football and college sports. Right. If we're all honest about what's going on instead of all just ducking and hiding um, from the NCAA bag, man. Like if that's the case, like it has been for the last hundred years, maybe you can leave your head buried in the sand and say it's all good. These kids been getting paid. Now they're just going to be getting paid in front of your face. OK. And if you want to test me, OK, go back and watch any of these. OK, every single I'm not I'm not giving you any secrets here. Every single one of these power five programs. What do they do on game day when they're traveling, right? They take videos and photos of their athletes getting on and off the plane, right? Business trip with an emoji of an airplane. Just go, just go take a look. Just go take a look at the, at the stuff those kids are wearing at every program, okay? From Georgia Tech to Tittawada Tech to Alabama and Clemson. Okay, go look. Just open your eyes and you'll pay attention and you'll find out. Like, it's been happening, okay? So just pay attention. Now it's just going to happen in front of your face. And you're going to have to admit it and you're going to have to accept it. OK, but you're not going anywhere. I promise you that you're not going. anywhere. All right. On to our next topic, which, of course, is guys, I, I, I see there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and that's fine um, in the comment sections. Uh, do I have any admins in here tonight? I, I think I do. Let's just handle it. OK, take care of it. You know, give them once, twice, three times out. OK, one strike, two strike, three strike, gone. Dial them up. OIA on your butt. Get on out of here. We have a ton of donations rolling in, so feel free. Hop up in them DMs. We're going to get rowdy over on Patreon tonight. We're going to have a party. Appreciate you guys for being here. Let's get into this update 
on Jamile Adai. Yes, that is how it's pronounced. So when you're talking about Coach Adai with your friends and your family and you're on Facebook or whatever, it is Jamile. Okay, not Jamil. It is Jamile. Okay, so there you go. Now you know. Okay, it's very important that you pronounce, especially if you're in a job like mine, that you announce or pronounce the names of individuals correctly, even though sometimes I slip and fall on it. But the YouTube commenters are always there to catch me and let me know that I'm an idiot. All right. Anyways, back to Jamile Adai, um, <clears throat> one of the fastest rising coaches in the sport, in my opinion. Okay, let's just take you through the track rec record. Not that you need to know. He's 37 years old. Okay, he's been a defensive backs coach now for going on five years. Okay, in those five years, he ain't been around at each program for very long, um, but he certainly impacted them while he was there. Uh, you know, <clears throat> was at Arizona. That's where he got his first start as a DB's coach. Went to Minnesota, went to West Virginia, and now he's at Georgia. So four schools, five years, really climbing the ladder, got kind of horizontally, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But he's definitely making strides as he's going, right? He's TikToking that ladder all the way up. And eventually, I think he's going to be a candidate for a defensive coordinator's job or maybe a smaller school's head coaching opportunity because I believe that highly of this individual. Um, but I, I'm not here to give you his credentials, okay? He's verified. We know that. He is absolutely bona fide as a defensive backs coach, and he's going to impact Georgia's roster this year and impact the staff um, this year. Um, what I am here to tell you is about his willingness to compete and to learn, which is something that young coaches that are trying to climb the ladder like this probably doesn't happen very often. Okay, so just let me let me take you, let me paint a picture for you. Okay, imagine going through a job hiring process, right? You're going through interviews, yada, yada, yada. You're doing this, you're doing that. Um, another one. Robert, I, I'm, I'm serious, man. Stop. Stop. I ain't never had to ask somebody to stop supporting me. Stop. Stop. Too much. Seriously. We, we, we've given too many of these away. I know, I, know it's, I know it's addicting and everybody loves it. But let's make a couple of them earn it. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate you, Robert. Man, we are rolling with the donations tonight. Um, anyways, back to Jamile Adai. Okay, so um, again, let me paint this picture for you. Let me start over because Robert got me thrown off. Okay, you're going through the job hiring process, right? You're going to interview after interview, trying to get brought on. Um, coming off a year where your defensive backs led the nation in passing yardage. Okay, passing yardage is loud. You literally had the best passing defense in the country last year. And you walk into an interview at the University of Georgia, and there sits Kirby Smart, and right next to him, his right-hand man, is Will Muschamp. Okay, I honestly bet, and I, I would venture to, I'd say, I'd say I win this bet nine out of ten times. I would bet if you polled college football coaches around America and asked them, hey, head coaches included, right, head coaches included, who's the best defensive backs coach in America? You wouldn't last about five, six seconds before most of those people said Kirby Smart. You really wouldn't. And then it wouldn't go too long before a lot of those people said Will Muschamp as well. Okay, the University of Georgia has two defensive backs coach coaches that are arguably the best in America at what they do. And neither of them coach the position. One of them is an analyst and an advisory role. The other one's the head coach. Okay, so are, are they both, you know, extreme assets to Jamal and I? A hundred percent. They are major assets. Does that, you know, does it make it, the most heavily scrutinized position coaching position um, in terms of position coaches in America, in terms of internal pressure and expectations, I'm saying hundred percent, a hundred percent. It is the hardest in terms of internal pressure and internal expectations, position coaching job in America, considering who's on staff guys that ain't shy about giving their opinion about how you run your business. 
Okay, so going into this, and that's why I said his willingness to learn and to compete. Jamal Aladai didn't need this. He didn't. He didn't need to come in here and, and, and get browbeat for however long he's going to be here by two of the best in the game. But he looked at it as an opportunity to learn and grow. And that's why he's here. That or not here. That's why he's at Georgia, right? This dude saw a job that most young coaches with aspirations of being a future coordinator um, or, or a head coach in the potential in the near future probably just say, you know, I don't know. Probably stay clear of. Instead, he said, sign me up right now. I'm going. And for the most part, he's living up to every bit of expectations we had going into this um, in terms of the national media and the local media. The dude's a whiz kid. Really, really smart. Again, 37 years old and one of the highest, um, you know, ceilings of a coach that there is. This guy's going to be a head coach one day. I don't know if it's going to take five years. I don't know if it's going to take 10 years. He's going to be a defensive coordinator and he's going to be a head coach. And he is an excellent portion and member of this Georgia staff. And honestly, again, I can't tell you how much it means to just look at a situation like that and be like, yep. A hundred percent. I'm going to sign up for that. I want Will Muschamp in my butt every single day. I want Kirby Smart standing on top of me during practice and making sure I do things right. It's the only way to get better. That's the way Jamal Adai looked at it. And that's that's the God's honest truth. It's the hardest position coach job in America. And he took it without batting an eye. One interview, came back for a second, moved his stuff out of West Virginia and, and, and came down to Athens. Done. Done. OK, so, um, yeah. That's one right there. We, we got even more. We got we got tons going on right now. Apparently, there's a pest. I'm not going to pay you no mind. Um, guys, y'all just let him go. OK, I guess his name's Judah. It makes sense. Um, Judah, appreciate you for being here, bro. Um, you know, let's let's tone it down. Let's let's give it a let's give it a run. Let the, let my let my audience here enjoy the show like the rest of us are. God, dang, that's the most super subs and donations I've ever seen. SSL. Count them up. Yeah, it's by a country mile, and it started by you, Robert. I appreciate you, brother. We are loaded up. Let's see. We got one free one. Let's take a break right here and do this. That's three. We're up to three, okay? That's five. We're up to five now, okay? There's two more. That's seven, all right? Back up, back up. There is eight right there from Colby Smith. Appreciate you, Colby. And then we got two more from Gucci. That's 10, okay? And then I know we had two more from Robert right there. That's 12, okay? 12 and a half, make that a full 14, 15. Good Lord, guys, 15 free subs. All right, I'm calling it quits on the free subs tonight. No more. Appreciate you guys, all of you, seriously. Every single person that donated tonight, we appreciate you. We love you. Um, and it's going to help grow our community. And I promise I know who will love you, whoever gets those free ones. I, it's going to be a lot of me handling uh, giveaways tonight, but that's okay. We love it. We will handle Q&A at the end of the show tonight. So please hold your questions till the end. All right, we got one last segment for you. Um, and it's one of my favorites. It's one I've been passionate about. Um, and it's underrated, underrated uh, recruits. Okay, there's hot girl summer, right? We're entering hot girl summer. There's dad bod summer, which I'm in year round 365 dad bod summer. Um, and then there's slept on summer. Okay, and what is slept on summer? I'm gonna tell you what slept on summer is. Slept on summer is this summer. All right, I, I can't tell you how many times. And we got Jamie coming in here. Jamie, I said no more. That's 17. Thank you. We're up to 17. Good Lord. Um, anyways, slept on summer. If I had a dollar for every single time I've seen the tweet, 
No stars, no offers, no problem. Insert slept on me tweet here. Whatever your version of the slept on me tweet is, I'm sure you've seen it on your timeline. It's over and over again. They sleeping on me, bro. They sleeping on me. They sleeping on me. And they are sleeping on me. But it's always been true. There's misses in every single recruiting class. There were four players. Think about it. Four players this year in the NFL draft, drafted in the first round that weren't even power five football players. Okay, I'm talking North Dakota State, BYU, schools like that. Okay, for every Patrick Sertan, there's a Rayshon Slater. For every five-star that's drafted in the top 10, there's a three-star that's drafted in the top 20 every single time, every single year. It's without fail, okay? But this year, this year, more than ever, is slept on summer, okay? You've got something totally different going on that we've never seen in the recruiting, you know, since recruiting rankings have been started, okay? Since recruiting has been started, really, okay? So, um, you know, you got kids showing up to college campuses that these recruiting services have one never even heard of, two, let alone never even seen. That's happening. It's absolutely happening. And guess what? The schools like Georgia, the schools like Alabama, they aren't going out here and advertising the unknown player. They're not going to throw the hidden gem and offer and make it public so everybody can get on it, right? They're going to keep that one in the back pocket, my friend. I promise you. Now, you watch, okay? You watch. And, and, and right now, June 21st, right? You watch at the end of this cycle. In December, when the rankings, when the rankings finalize in February, watch how many examples of the Marcus Washingtons of the world that you see. I'm serious. Watch how many times you see an unranked, a completely unranked and unstarred or unrecognized athlete like Marcus Washington Jr. commit to the University of Georgia. And within 36 hours, he's suddenly the 58th ranked player in the country. Watch. You just watch. It happened every single time. So, yes, I am Mr rankings don't matter it's been my it's been my credo from day one okay they don't matter because i've gotten to know how this world works i've gotten to know how this system works and guess what they're offer tracking that's all they're doing they're offering an interest tracking they talk to the coaches if the coaches give them information about how good a kid is boom four star if suddenly he's got a green light offer from alabama and georgia boom five star okay that's how these things work and now guess what they don't have access to it because georgia's locking it up Okay, they're locking it up. Yes, uh, every once in a while there is a Carlton Madden that we wrote about today on Dogs Daily. Because guess what? Carlton Madden's gone to these camps all June, and he's six foot three, 235 pounds. He's verified 488 in the 40 with a nine foot ju- broad jump and a 32 inch vertical. That guy's going to get offers, guys. He's going to get offers every single time. When he goes to a national public camp like he did in Kennesaw and puts down that, people are going to offer that guy even despite the fact that he has no junior tape. He has none. He didn't play last year at Cedar Grove. GHSA made him sit out a year. He's got like half of a, half a tape of a junior varsity game from his junior year. That's it. He's a complete unknown. And guess what? Now he's going to shoot like hell up the rankings. So was he a better player because he got a higher ranking? No, he wasn't. Nothing changed about that kid. What happened was he went out and blew it up. And got put on everybody's radar. And so as he gets put on every school's radar, guess what happens? Go shooting up rankings. It's the simplest thing in the world. It's obvious. It's cut and dry. It's simple. And it's been a very simple show tonight, except for whatever the hell is going on in the YouTube comments. All right, let's take some Q&As. How about that? Let's take a couple Q&As before your boy hits that gymnasio. 
Okay, took like two years of Spanish in high school. I think gimnasio and el baño is about the only word I ever remember. Um, can I go to the gym? Can I go to the bathroom? Q and A. Let's fire them up. Let's get them lit up in here, and let's get out of here for the night. Because again, I don't want to waste you guys' time. Um, we've had plenty, and I mean plenty, of free giveaways tonight. I think we're at 19, which means I'm gonna round up to 20, and I, it might take me a week to give all those away. Honestly, actually, it probably won't. They'll be gone. You know, in a blink of an eye. All right. My question is likely to be a dumb one. Um, are we to expect much champ on the field during games? Um, no, he's in an analyst role. So he's to be off the field during football games. He will be up in the box. So there you go. So which sports will suffer from this, Brooks? I assume you're talking about um, the revenue splits, if that actually happens, which I don't think it's going to. I think they're going to live with NIL and just be comfortable with it when they find out how much these kids are making. You ain't going to see too many pity parties for Brock Vandergriff moving forward, okay, or any of these guys. All right, they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to they're gonna be fine, trust me. Um, but if it does happen, you're going to see sports like, um, you know, all, basically all the non-revenue sports. They're going to hurt, okay. My brother played baseball at Auburn. When they would take away trips, they would fly private jets. If this goes down, ain't never happening again. Ain't never happened again. They flying private. They flying, uh, you know, regular commercial jets. Okay, they are not flying private like they did every single time they went from Auburn to Missouri. Okay, so that crap ain't happening. The the quality of life at some of these programs will go down. That is 100 percent sure. Can we get a prediction for Clemson, Colby? I'll give it to you just because you gave me money. Actually, I won't. Look, Colby, I don't. Here, here's what I'll do. I'll give you the setup I got right now, and I'll tell you. Here, first of all, I don't do predictions in June. Because God only knows what's going to happen over the next three months. So that's why I don't do predictions on a game like this three months out. So I, I think it's irresponsible. Um, but I will tell you, and I haven't gotten into a serious deep dive of the tape yet. So I'll save all of those opinions for the future. But what I will tell you is that when I before I go into the tape, I like to look at position versus position group, you know, battles, right? George's offensive line versus Clemson's offensive line. Who has the, the upper hand? I'm going to call that a push. Okay, Georgia's wide receiver group and weapons group, that includes the backs, against Clemson's. I'm giving Georgia the advantage, right? Uh, defensive line, interior front seven. I'm giving Clemson the advantage, hands down. Defensive backs, considering the additions that Georgia made, I'll give them the nod. Okay, special teams. I think Georgia's got one of the nation's best punters. When he's consistent, I'll give the nod to Georgia. So just off of a preset, okay, position group versus position group, I think Georgia has the positional advantage slightly. At quarterback, I think experience matters in a game like this. I'm giving Georgia the nod. However, that does not account for one of those units being significantly better than the other one, right? If Clemson's front seven is just so daggum good that Georgia can't block them all night, then you can't do nothing, all right? And I won't know that until I seriously, seriously deep dive into some tape. I'll spend probably over the month of July, I, and I'm not just telling you how hard I work. This is God's honest truth. I'll probably spend 25 to 30 hours watching Clemson tape. It'll be that long. It'll be that in-depth because, again, it is the biggest game of the season coming up next year for Georgia. And I think I deserve you guys deserve that kind of effort for me if I'm going to get in front of a camera and give you an opinion on what I'm seeing on tape. Okay, if you had to, what would you say the score of Florida? Georgia game would be, um, I'm, I'm comfortable saying now when Georgia by at least two scores, okay, right there. Yeah, we, we have been absolutely insane tonight. We are up to 21 free giveaways tonight. So, I'm telling you right now, if you're one of the 9,305, however many people we got in here watching this, 
and you want to sign up for Patreon, guess what? I got a load of free ones. So hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Facebook, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this, don't care. Hit me up. I got a load of free giveaways. We are going to grow this family tonight, and that is for daggum sure. Appreciate you, Chandler. Appreciate everybody here tonight, man. Good God. Um, here we go. How many recruits do you think UGA takes this cycle? Um, I'll give you what Kirby Smart um, has said about this. He wants to take a full class. Robert, I promise you right now, if you give another dollar, I'm, I might ban you. I'm dead serious. Stop. Serious. We, we've had enough, okay? We have absolutely had enough. We're at 21 free giveaways. Um, that, that's plenty for tonight. We have broken a record. And if you keep shattering it, you're going to feel like you have to live up to this every week. And I don't want you out here throwing 60 bucks at me and, and, and Patreon every, every single week. Your family will kill you. I'll kill you first, okay? Here we go. Don't forget to like this video. Appreciate you. Um, Pog's on the record saying dogs should win by double digits to close out season after Clemson. Yeah, the, the schedule after the Clemson game is dog water. I mean, it's bad. It is really, really bad. The, the toughest game is probably Kentucky, honestly, because I don't think Florida is going to be very good this year, guys. You Florida fans here, y'all here to call me fat, say my haircut looks goofy. I put a Nike shirt on tonight instead of a Target shirt. Is that good enough for you guys? <laughs> um, nah, I, I don't. I, I think the, the schedule after Clemson is borderline historically bad considering how bad the SEC East is. Um, here's a hot take. Tennessee might give up 60 points a game. Seriously, might give up 60 points a game. Um, David Josie asks, what's up, David? He's a newbie over there in the Patreon community. Appreciate you for being here tonight. SSL, good job tonight moderating. Um, you've been working your butt off tonight. We will not let that go unnoticed. Who is a cannot miss recruit in your eyes? I, I think of two names here. Um, one being Travis Shaw, okay? Nose tackle out of North Carolina. First of all, dude's a freak, okay? 6'6", 315 pounds, and can go. All right, he, he plays really, really hard. And for me, for a guy that size, that's almost the most important thing. I want to see that you play like your hair's on fire every single snap, 100%. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saying Travis Shaw defensively. Offensively, I think it's Tyler Booker. For my money, and I like Addison Nichols. I like Elijah Pritchett. I like these guys. Okay, I like um, Question Sat from Lee County. I like them all. I, I genuinely think Tyler Booker is the only one that can walk in tomorrow and start in the SEC. The only one. Okay, whereas years past, last year, there were three tackles I felt that way about. Three of them. And that's not even to account the, the interior offensive linemen. There were three tackles last year in uh, J.C. Latham, Amarius Mims, and uh, Tommy Brockermeyer that I thought could just walk right in. Yeah, throw them out, let tackle, fine, figure it out. I, I Honestly, I think that's what Amarius Mims is going to end up doing by the end of the year. That's, that's not a joke. I, I I think Amarius Mims might be your starting left tackle come playoff time. I, I think that highly of him, and I think Georgia thinks that highly of him. So if there is one position player on the offensive side of the ball, then I'm like, hey, you need that guy. It's Tyler Booker because he's so good. It's Travis Shaw because you're losing Jordan Davis this year. You need to find a true nose tackle. You don't have one on the roster right now. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, Dawkins love him as a prospect. He thinks he's a D tackle. Warren Brinson, D tackle. Nazir Stackhouse about the only one that's willing to play nose tackle on that roster right now. And that's not good. That's not good. Not not as stacks, not a good football player. It's that you don't have enough. You don't have enough bodies at a position of need. You don't have enough impact players at a position of need in that defense either. So you, you best find somebody. And I think Travis Shaw is that guy for my mind, for my money. Okay. You're just testing me tonight, Robert. Two RBs over a thousand yards, although with the passing that no. Sorry, Logan. I, I don't think that one's possible. 
Um, a, you got five backs you're gonna have to get the ball to. Dead ass. You got you got a whole bunch of backs you're gonna have to get the ball to. So no, I'm I'm, I'm out on that one. Maybe like maybe the the better question is like, hey, are they gonna have four backs over 450 yards? That very plausible. Okay. If you if you're thinking about Zamir, Kenny, James, and Kendall with Dejon mixed in with some garbage time, which I think is gonna be a lot of this year. Maybe you get five over 450. I think that's the better question. Two over a thousand. I don't think it's possible this year, considering how they're going to spread the love. Uh, any underrated recruits that we are pursuing um, that might be under the radar, like the three-star edge we just offered? He's talking about um, Carlton Madden. Um, man, I forgot the name of the player that committed for like 45 minutes a week ago. Um, wide receiver out of Apocalypse, Florida. Dude's a freak. He, he's a 10-400 meter runner. I got his name in the notes somewhere. That guy's really, really good. Um, I've already told you, he's not underrated in terms of national limelight. He's a really good football player, um, but he's underrated in terms of Georgia's board, in my opinion, and that's J.Q. Hardaway. Um, I think he would be electric at the star position for Georgia um, if he fills out into his body in terms of starts, begins to play as physical as he actually is. Um, if that happens, yeah, I'm, I'm going with a guy like J.Q. Hardaway. I love his skill set and what he can provide on the next level. So that would be the guy I'm going with there. Um, another guy I'll show some love to, um, the Dallas Twins out of Trinity Christian School. Um, Josh, I believe, just committed uh, to Liberty to play wide receiver, and his brother David is his quarterback. I'm 100% I'm, I'm all, all biases and well-known here. Their dad coached me in high school. They, they were my ball boy um, growing up, so they were like knee-high to a grasshopper when I was in high school, and they made me feel really, really old. Um, but, yeah, they're two highly underrated prospects um, that I think can absolutely go. So those are some guys that I would think about um, just in terms of underrated prospects. Okay, here we go. Here we go. More questions, more questions. Here we go. Jay Callaway, what's up with you, baby? Uh, who is the out of nowhere loss that Georgia likes having every year if you had to pick? I, this is something I've talked about, you know, to, to nausea at this point. Uh, what was it? 2018, it was Auburn. Or 2017, it was Auburn on the road, and then you end up beating them in the SEC championship game. 2018, I think you lost the LSU game out of nowhere. You just flat out laid an egg, didn't show up. 2019, obviously, South Carolina. Um, and 2020, I could argue that Florida was that football game, but to me, it started at Kentucky. Um, so, yeah, there is one of those games every single year. I think if you've got a criticism of Kirby Smart, that's the one. That is 100% the one. It's like, hey, we can't get guys up for 12 regular season games. I know it's really real. I'm, I'm asking for a really, really tough thing to get your guys up every single week for 12 games when Vandy's coming to town next week. I get it. It's a noon game. I understand. It's hard, but that's your job. I don't feel sorry for you. That's your job. Don't lose to South Carolina at home. Um, if there is one of those games this year, I don't know. It's a coin flip at this point for the University of Georgia, it seems, in situations like that. All right. Robert and Colby should have earned a free Joker shirt tonight. We're going to get them some merch. That's what we'll do um, to encourage the downright disobedience of Robert. I shall reward him with a shirt. Um, anyways, uh, Jay Callaway, remind me yet again, please, please. Matt Landry asks, what can UJ offer NIL-wise to compete with the USC's uh, to make sure they don't lose too many recruits from the state of Georgia? It's a great question by Matt here. Um, and I wish I had a really detailed answer for you. I, I really do. I, I, I That's the one thing nobody wants to tell me. N nobody will give me information on the pitch of the NIL. I can't get it from players. 
I can't get it from coaches. I can't get it from sources. I can't get it from nobody. Nobody. I can't get it from guys out at, at other programs. Like, what are you telling these kids? You know, we got great, you know, we great alma mater. Okay, what the hell does that mean? How, how does that let me know what you're going to do for these kids and how you're pitching it to them? So if there's anything they're keeping close to the vest, it's that one. So I really wish I had an answer for you, um, but you got a great start with Onward Reserve. I was ignorant to how big of a football team or a big, big of a football team, how big of a company that was until my boy Jamie Goodman enlightened me this morning on our 806 phone call, which was delayed to by 820 because uh, I had a hectic morning this morning. And of course, he's asking, um, you know, questions like this. Shout out to you, Jamie. You know, I've got to say about Jamie, Jamie Goodman, one of my best friends in this world, never is on YouTube. Hates YouTube. He's never on here. He's on here tonight for NBR. I appreciate you for being here, as I do all of you guys. And if we have any more questions as they want to roll in, feel free. Um, but if not, it looks like they're dying out just a little bit. Uh, we will move on for the night and call it a night. Um, I, I do have to ask you, while you're all here, we do have a podcast platform now. So if y'all want to support me, the free subs, great. Um, but if, if y'all want to support the community in and of itself, guys like Dan Kiley, Noah Holsenback, uh, Cam Brady, SSL, that were on that podcast last night uh, for Tailgate Tapes, go subscribe. Subscribe, rate, review over on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Um, it is completely unlike any content I've created in the last four years that I've been doing media. Um, as you guys see, I do most of this stuff alone. It's really, really lonely. That's why I enjoy Q&As because you guys get involved, even if it's just in text. Um, but man, but I loved doing that the other night with those guys over on, um, you know, tailgate tapes. I mean, it's really, really fun. And if you've ever seen the movie Any Given Sunday, you'll enjoy this. I, I think it was really, really fun. Um, and it was good content. Every bit of review I've heard back um, was positive. So I appreciate you guys that have listened uh, for being there and, 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 and enjoying that content as we enjoyed. And I'm telling you, we really enjoyed it making it so uh, subscribe to the podcast platform i don't have to ask you to subscribe to patreon because we've got a boatload of free subs to give out tonight so if you're one of those people if you're watching this right now first of all hit the thumbs up before you leave second of all if you want to try out patreon and get addicted to the community that we've got rolling all you got to do is ask we've got them going for you over there on patreon appreciate you guys for being here i'm brooks austin the film guy we will see you next time